Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you will find the inspiration and motivation you need to manage your money better so you can stress less and live the life you want. Hey, this is Ashley with Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast. Today, we are talking to Rosemary and John, co-founders of Flourish Fundamentals, and they are both functional nutritional therapy practitioners. They are helping the FIRE community optimize their health as much as they optimize their finances. Today, we're going to discuss with them how they paid off $66,000 in less than three years while still eating healthy and maintaining proper nutrition. So and a, a big way to cut costs on food and still eat healthy includes meal planning. And you can grab my free meal planning sheet with shopping list for free at budgetsmadeeasy.com slash meal plan. Now let's dive in and hear how they did it while still eating healthy and not scrimping on nutrition. Hey, today we are talking to Rosemary and John about how they paid off their debt and how they are optimizing health and nutrition for the FIRE community. So welcome Rosemary and John. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks for being here. And just to, before we jump in, can you guys kind of tell me about yourselves and kind of what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess that you could call us the token uh, nutrition people in the five space. <laughs> we, um, we both sort of got into this financial independence debt-free community after we were getting out of debt. And we had this background in nutrition and saw that a lot of the recommendations around you know, reducing expenses involved like just eat rice and beans. Mm. And that was a little bit stress. That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We, that was just nuts. So, Guys, no, yeah. no. So um, we realized that there was really a need for people to talk about the importance of your own health and be able to teach people to empower them to be able to take care of their own health so that um, they come, you know, they're more in a position of power when it comes right. to their own health and not just fingers crossed. Hope you don't get sick. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just not eating uh, ramen noodles and right. <laughs> all yeah. day. I mean, there, there definitely is a sweet spot where we, which we can talk about more later where you can keep costs down pretty low without sacrificing health. Mm -hmm. So for example, before we started getting out of debt, when we examined our grocery budget, we were like anywhere from a thousand dollars a month to 1500 for, for two, two of people. Us. <laughs> yeah. And then we cut that in half and then we were able to do that. And we thought, you know what, let's try to cut it in half again just to see if we can do it. And we did. Um, and I'd say now we sort of settle between 400 to $500. But Which still may sound like a lot to some people listening, but we can get into more about what that actually means. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really not bad. I mean, for most people that I talk to, and it's true for myself, um, you know, with, that was our biggest category was, um, of course, it wasn't as healthy as you guys were, you know, it was fast food, convenience foods, things like that. But and so that is definitely an area where people can improve um, with managing their money as well as their health. So I'm Absolutely. so glad that um, you guys are doing that. And, you know, giving people other options besides just rice and beans. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be you know, crazy expensive. We're not talking whole foods every week. No. There's other strategies to do it, like buying a whole cow or that sort of thing. So right. anyway, we'll get there. We'll get awesome. there. And it can be, still be delicious. And that's- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I would you not know, compromise if this was not delicious no. food. <laughs> yeah, I'm out, exactly. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So um, before we jump into um, eating healthy and cutting costs on food, why don't we um, jump into like your debt payoff story? How much did you guys pay off and how fast did you do it? 
So we started with 66,000 in debt. Um, a mix of credit cards and some family loans. Right. All from me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> not all from you. Most, there was a little bit from me. Vast majority from me. I, I, had, I made much more or much less intelligent choices. Yeah, uh, but we got the paid off in 32 yeah. months was the, was the right. total. And most of the time we were on just one salary. Right. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So were you guys, um, tell me how this started. Were you guys on the same page or was it one of your guys' idea and then kind of had to drag the other one in? Yeah, I, I, I think Rosie's better telling this part. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I think we were, we, the way I was raised was sort of the Dave Ramsey, you know, never, like credit cards were a bad word in our family. So I, I never got into debt, never had a credit card and John had come from sort of a different yeah. position. I, I was raised to believe that credit cards are an emergency fund. And so mm -hmm. sure enough, I use them as such. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe your dad had once said that he was doing Dave Ramsey before Dave Ramsey was doing Dave Ramsey. Is yeah. That yes. quote? <laughs> he describes that. Yeah. So my family's yeah. always been really frugal. But Dave Ramsey actually is sort of part of our story. Right. Yeah. That's sort of how it started is, um, I, well, we went to go see a financial planner actually before we got married. We knew we were going to get married. And so we wanted to discuss just sort of like, what should we be doing now financially? And that was, I think, where we had the first conversation about how much debt was on right. the you table. Know I had some, but you didn't know the yeah, number yet. Couples normally have that conversation like when they're alone and in the the first yeah. time that number was named was like the three of us in a room. And I was like, yeah. oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I think you, you had like 40000 at that point yeah. or something like that. Right. Right. Because we take on additional family loans, I think, after, right before we got married. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but I, but I knew like, that's okay. We can, we can figure this out. We know what to do. We just won't spend any excess money. Obviously we'll get this paid off first thing. And like, mm -hmm. I knew we, we knew we wanted to get married. So at that point it was like, package deal husband plus debt <laughs> hashtag worth it yeah <laughs> so now that's love that's love yeah. that's love but yeah soon after we got married i picked up um dave ramsey's book total money makeover i don't even remember where i found it if it was like a little free library or the literal little literal library yeah. that's hard to say um but i just sort of read through it and then i think john picked it up yeah, i had sitting on the coffee table one day and yeah I, I, was... I had just been flipping through it so i left it out yeah john was flipping through it and, uh, you know, started reading it in earnest. And I remember we were both laying there together in bed one evening and you sort of shut the book and you looked at me and said, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. And I was like, really? <laughs> wow. I didn't even have to. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> that you guys were like together on the same page pretty much from the get go. So that I'm sure that makes it so much easier and faster to get it done. Mm. Definitely. Well, I think you'd always always wanted to pay off debt and yeah, attempted. Yeah, I, in the I past. had tried many times, but it, it never stuck um, for a number of reasons, which we can get into. But um, but yeah, the sort of the way he has laid it out in the book, it was just very very compelling to me. And once that light bulb went off, I was all in. And that's how I tend to be about things. If if something is compelling and makes sense to me, I, I will, uh, you know, I can turn on a dime on things. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that sounds but, like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just jump right into things. <laughs> yes. If yeah. they make sense. If they make sense. Right, yeah. Right. John's very persuaded by logic. If you're familiar with Gretchen Rubin, she has this framework of like four tendencies, four different types of people. And John is the questioner type, which means he'll do something if it makes sense to him, but not if it doesn't. So for him, reading that logic of like, here's how the flow works, here's why it works, and here's the steps for him, it was like, oh, that's enough. I'm convinced. Okay, let's do it. So we sort of dove in and started making a plan, examining our expenses, expenses, 
looking at what are the things that we really need? What are the things that are actually just wants? Right. And that goalpost changes. I think, as you know, as you get more into this, what is what was once considered a need, a lot of those things get moved over into the want column. And that, mm-hmm. that, that want column keeps getting bigger or things that were in the need column, that need column gets smaller and smaller. So I think that's one of the main things that changed. And I mean, really, it was, it really was shocking to us, at least to me, um, just how much a difference making a budget changed our spending, being more intentional about spending. I mean, at the time we were both full-time making over hundred K a year combined, and there was nothing left at the end of the month. There was always more month than money left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we weren't, spending like crazy either. I mean, yeah, we only had one car. It was, yeah, you know, 2006 car. Right. We'd... But it was just, you know, no mortgage, no, no kids, but it was just all the little stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you know, once oh, I want Amazon. this book, we'll yeah, go we'll on Amazon it. and yeah. get it. Yeah. Go get a manicure, whatever. Lots of fiddly little stuff that you go, ah, right. <laughs> where did all the money go? Mm-hmm. So what were some of the, the, some of the things that you, um, cut back on or changed in order to manage your money better and get the debt paid off? Sure. Um, well, definitely having a budget was huge. Um, doing the, initially we did the Dave Ramsey thing where you actually had physical envelopes where you mm-hmm. put cash into each spending category at the beginning of the month and then only spend from those cash envelopes. We eventually ended up switching to simple, the online bank instead and doing sort of online digital envelopes. Mm-hmm. We'd still you know, earmark money at the beginning of the month. Because what we found is in practice, even though using cash does have a more emotional sort of visceral component, which sort of, as Dave Ramsey would say, makes you probably spend less money. Mm-hmm. In practice, it didn't really work because we often forget the envelopes when we'd go out. You know, if you're buying something online, it was hard to then sort of square the budget that way. So mm-hmm. we're big believers in this idea that the imperfect method you stick to is far better than the perfect method you don't actually do. Absolutely. So as long as you're doing something (laughs) to head in the right direction, that's more important. Exactly. Um, So that was a big, big, that definitely helped was having that, the the earmarked money and then realizing, okay, our grocery money is spent. So we don't, Mm -hmm. we're we're sticking to, you know, this Kansas sardines we have in the closet. (laughs) But in terms, yeah, in terms of like, what were the actual things that we cut out as expenses. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, it was all those frivolous little the things that we stuff, didn't, yeah. the obvious stuff, you know, the low hanging fruit, like, okay, do we need to go out to the movie theater every once in a while? Or can we rent DVDs from the library and watch them at home and make our fancy popcorn? We do this fancy popcorn that we make at home with um, butter and truffle oil. And we like sort of relish that. It's yeah, like, sea oh, salt. Yeah, we it's, made, it's we really made fancy popcorn. Um, so we yeah, started doing movies at home. Um, anytime we wanted a book, we'd request it from the library or if they had a library already, just get it at the library. Um, that's quick pro tip. If people don't use their libraries, this is mind blowing to me, but you can go to the library and if they don't have the book, you can just request for them mm-hmm. to get it. And I've never had them not get the book I requested. I've requested probably a dozen by this point, Yeah, you know, my tax dollars at work, I guess, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. And another quick tangent for those that maybe are used to buying books and then writing in their books, that's sort of one of my meditations is underlining mm-hmm. sentences. So that took a little bit of an uh, adjustment for me, but it's actually now it's a pro instead of a con. Because what I find is that by having to write out quotes that I like from books, I actually increase my connection with the material and my ability to remember it. Whereas oh, before I just underline it and then forget it. So mm-hmm. 
Anyway. So other things are we were going to, we originally were thinking about, oh, do we need a second car? But then mm -hmm. we decided, nope, we'll stick to this one. Because we'll we worked a, at different places yeah. that we had to drive to. So, so we just made it work. You know, one person would drop off the other and go right. to. Or we'd walk. Or we'd walk. Um, what else do we do? We certainly examined our grocery budget and mm -hmm. tried to look at some other ways to um, reduce. We can come back to that. We could come topic. back to that. That's that's a big we one. We canceled HBO Now. Um Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu. I mean, we had like all four of those, which yeah, is just absurd. Just fiddly little things. Yeah. But all those oh. little things added up to a big result. They sure do. Yes. What, one thing we did eventually was um, stop going to get our hair cut at a you know, barbershop or mm -hmm. hairdresser. I started just buzzing my hair instead. I like having shorter hair anyway. And mm -hmm. so... We just bought ourselves a pair of clippers at Costco and it paid for itself in yeah. a month. And for a while I was watching YouTube videos on how to cut my own hair <laughs> and did that. But yeah, so now now I'm like, eh, I'll go get my hair cut. I'll just do it less frequently. Um, uh -huh. but, so those were some of the small things. In terms of the, the, the big, big one being housing, um, mm, we right. did actually leave that place we were living at the time because John left a job that wasn't really working out for him. Um, and we moved in with family who had a baby on the way and we said, Hey, can we come, you know, we'll help look after the baby if we can stay in the little, you know, they had a mother-in-law suite in the back of the house and they said, of course, come on down. So we actually lived with them for a little over a year. I was the bro pair <laughs> or the manny. Yeah. 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 So, um, that was honestly such, a uh, that was very, very generous of them to let us stay with them. But then not having that rent payment for a while meant that we could, you know, uh, pay down debt at a pretty swift rate um, with, with, even though we were down to one salary at that point. That's awesome. So that really, I'm sure that really helped speed up the process and get this knocked out even down to one income. That's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, what were some of the things with meal prepping and food that you want to talk about to cut costs, but yet not compromise your health? Mm -hmm. Sure. I think the number one thing to point out first is that the focus should always be on what's called nutrient density and mm -hmm. not on calories. So a lot of people will say, oh, this meal has X calories, so it's good, or it's, it's great, you know, it's, or it's this many dollars per calorie. And from our perspective as people trained in nutrition, that is just not the ideal way to go. Yeah, you'd, you'd really want to focus on nutrient density, um, which, you know, is just what, what's going to get you, so you know you have macronutrients like proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, and then mm -hmm. you have micronutrients, which are all the vitamins and minerals. So when we're talking about nutrient density, we're talking about those uh, micronutrients there. So, um, so for us, that looked like we were, uh, you can, for example, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but buying like a whole cow or a half a cow or even a quarter cow, you can go in with people and um, split up the meat that really reduces the cost to, you know, four or five, three or four mm -hmm. or $5 per, per pound, pound, depending on where you are. And you can still get really good quality, uh, grass fed, grass finished meat and support mm -hmm. farmers who are raising their animals in a way that is sustainable and not just sustainable to the land, but is actually restoring the land. Mm -hmm. So it's that, better for everybody. It's better for everybody. Um, we started actually sprouting lentils and using that to stretch ground meat, which sounds weird, but in sprouting them, you are increasing the nutrient uh, nutrition 
in the, the bioavailability. Is the, yeah, the to use the word. nerdy yeah. technical <laughs> term, but you're increasing how your how your body is able to absorb and use um, yeah. the nutrients. You're basically tricking the, you know, you can sprout, you can soak and sprout, you know, all sorts of things. But basically, what you're doing is you're tricking that seed into thinking that it's already planted in the ground, and so then it will sort of turn off its natural defenses. Because normally the problem with legumes and nuts and seeds is that they have this protective shell that makes them really hard to digest. Mm -hmm. And so even people say, oh, there's all these vitamins and minerals in, in these foods. You can't really get at it unless you do some, some sort of trickery. And so that's what the soaking and the sprouting mm -hmm. does. So that's, yeah. So we did the sprouted lentils and we would mix that one for one with ground beef. Um, I really like fermenting vegetables. So we would, you know, do our own sauerkraut and stuff, which is a, a natural and super cheap source of probiotics. You don't it's have to find super it. simple. I it's, mean, it sounds yeah. really intimidating. If you've done it. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's literally cabbage, salt, and a mason jar. And time. And time. <laughs> <laughs> and not much time. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see, what else were we doing? We definitely changed where we were shopping. So mm -hmm. I'd say before we I mean, it was, we just didn't really give it a second thought as to where we were shopping. So buying more in bulk, um, buying locally and in season makes mm -hmm. things a lot cheaper. That was super helpful. Um, and then, you know, since then I've been doing a lot more sort of bartering and trading, which is, is new to me, but I know people have been doing that for centuries. Like for example, um, uh, this summer I have been helping out with, uh, actually where we get our meat, our farmers, they invited me to come help it. Well, I offered to volunteer at their booth and they said, we'll pay you. You volunteered them. I volunteered them that I was going to help them at their farmer's market booth. And they said, we'll pay you. So I basically just get paid in meat now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's awesome. It really, it does help yeah. reduce our grocery budget though. So. And, and just a quick tangent on meat. So we've said that word now a few times. I know that's kind of a controversial topic to a lot of people we intentionally do consume it as nutritionists because it's one of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet, mm -hmm. especially things like liver. Um, you know, people talk about quote unquote superfoods and they'll mention things like acai berries or kale. It's like, those things are great. But if you were to put a table of nutrients and put those side to side, they don't hold a candle to. Yeah. Nutrient to density. Like we can get into organ meats too, is another yeah. cheap source of great nutrition. But um, there's another uh, another functional nutrition th therapy practitioner out there. And she, she once said, um, I'm pretty sure that all the, the like answers to nutritional problems can be solved with liver. I wish it were ice cream, but I'm pretty sure it's liver. <laughs> It'd be so much better if it was ice cream. It'd be so much yeah. better. But yeah, actually that was another one. We did start cooking a little bit more with organ meats, um, which are, the benefit of those is that they're so rich in nutrients and they're really good for you. So like they're cheaper, they're cheaper. Yeah. They're cheaper. Mm -hmm. So um, if you eat heart, it's good for your heart. If you eat liver, it's good for your liver, et cetera. Um, and I think, you know, it, especially in our culture, a lot of us are really squeamish about organ meats, but there's mm -hmm. ways that you can prepare them that aren't too freaky, that don't taste weird. And that, you know, your, your kids and your, husband will eat too and not know. Right. <laughs> like you can mix, research. for example, you can mix in a little bit of heart or liver into like meatballs, for example. And, you know, if you use a lot of spices and herbs and things, it can help cover up the flavor. Pretty yeah. well. Rosemary actually, mm -hmm. she wrote a whole post on, on the blog about easy ways to eat liver and other organ meats. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, because I hate liver. So I'm always trying to find, <laughs> I know. but I know it's so good for me. So yeah. I'm always trying to find ways to get it in my diet. Um, she actually makes her own liver pills. This is all I yeah, know. I make desiccated liver capsules because I'm a weirdo. But anyway. Because <laughs> they're expensive. They're really expensive to buy. <laughs> but you can make them really cheap. Yeah, so. this is this is me being like, I'm not going to pay $50 for a bottle of 120 capsules of desiccated yeah. liver. I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. For $5. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you've got some resources on your website that kind of gives people these ideas. Cause Absolutely. I'm like, Oh yeah. I don't want to eat liver. I don't like it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually. So uh, one thing that is a really good kind of introduction is if you make like a chicken liver pate, if mm. you just Google pate, it's basically liver plus butter plus herbs. And you can do that on, you know, carrot sticks or cucumber slices. And it's sort of like a good little dip. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. really good. Chicken liver in general is much more mild mm -hmm. than, you know, livers of what are quote unquote ruminant animals like cows and. Yeah. Things, so. Yeah. I'd say if you're starting out, do a chicken liver pate. That's a good way to dip your toes in the water. Mm -hmm. right. And if you really, yeah, if you're really like me and you really, really can't do any of the taste, I think it is worth it to um, get like a in capsule form because it's just so good for you. Like livers rich in B vitamins, which give you energy iron, choline. It's good for the brain. It's good for your own liver and your own body's detox mechanisms. So yeah, huge fan of organ meat over here. I think that was <laughs> it coming up. So organ meats, buying a whole cow, soaking and sprouting lentils. Oh, a quick thing about the lentils and the ground meat. So ground meat is another strategy on itself, on its own, because it tends to be much, much uh, cheaper per pound. Yeah. Um, so we switch from like steaks to, right. you know, I mean, doing I, more things with ground. Yeah. Meat. I love me a good steak but yeah. definitely it is more expensive per pound. So yeah, yeah. having ground meat most of the time, mm -hmm. doing meatballs, things like that. Meatloaves, yeah. yeah. Now um, what about, because um, I kind of switched to like ground chicken and ground pork. Is that healthier mm -hmm. than like ground beef and saying um, kind of the same idea or no? I wouldn't say healthier. I'd say they're fine. Um, okay. Yeah. So th there is this notion that red meat is unhealthy. That's mm -hmm. a really, really common belief. It's just flat out not true. There's a lot of myths. I, that's why a whole other podcast. We don't have to get into that here. <laughs> but you, you can easily you can easily look into. Um, there's a, there was a lot of shoddy science, a lot of vested interests, um, a lot of politics that went into mm -hmm. that. So, um, as someone certified in functional nutrition, I can tell you that's just not true. Um, but if you don't like it, that's I think often that's where I come to is if if you like other meats more or if you like fish, like fine, go for it. Um, or if you are a vegetarian, like there are ways to at least optimize your nutrition within those restrictions, you know, having more eggs, for example, or having full fat dairy are ways to sort of, um, minimize the downsides that would otherwise be, be present in that. Okay. So okay. tell me about, um, fasting, like how long do you fast, you know, cause you can save money, but it, it's healthy to do it as well. Yeah, there's, uh, so Fasting has a whole ton of different benefits. And I would say that the saving money is just a nice little side effect of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's great for mental clarity and focus. And then also you don't have to spend the time cooking or cleaning up. I will say fasting is a lot easier if you're already eating kind of a low carb diet because your blood sugar is a lot more dialed in and you're not going to feel, if, if you're just going cold turkey straight into intermittent fasting and you eat a very standard American diet, you're going to have a rough time and you'll feel exhausted. Yeah, so we don't recommend that. We wouldn't recommend, we recommend that. We recommend first helping your body adapt to start burning more fat 
and ketones for fuel instead of just glucose. That's a process and that takes weeks. So, yeah. So other than those things, um, yeah, it really, I think it was mostly sort of the aggregation of small gains that really just added up over time. And then continually going back and looking at our budget again every month. We do a thing called open loops where each week we'll meet and have sort of a, a budget party and, <laughs> and we'll look at, look at what we are spending for the week. We'll review upcoming events or upcoming expenses and sort of make it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually that's another sort of tangent. One of the things we did while we were paying off debt to help make that fun is every time we'd make a debt payment, We'd literally do a dance. A happy we'd, dance. Happy dance. We'd like hold hands and jump up and down. Yeah. And it sounds so ridiculous, but it man, works. we look forward to that yeah. so much. Like every time that we, you know, every time that our paychecks would come in, we're like, yes, we get to pay off debt and do our happy dance. And so um, I like anytime you're trying to establish a habit like that, I would highly recommend the happy dance because it just, it gives you a little burst of excitement and it it's wants you it makes you want to do that behavior yeah. more it releases dopamine yeah which helps create a new habit loop yes really highly fun. recommend the happy dance yeah. i think there's a video of it on our instagram yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now do you guys have any tips or advice for couples that maybe aren't quite on the same page of maybe just like working together compromising so that you can reach your bigger goal yeah this is a really i think important and interesting topic to me um i really think it's important not to push not mm-hmm. to nag, you know, each person has to come to this on their own and mm-hmm. they have to have buy-in intrinsically. In fact, we could talk more about the Gretchen Rubin four tendencies again here, I think, because especially if your partner is what's called a rebel, the more you push and the more you talk about this, the more they're going to resist and push back. Mm-hmm. So just stepping back a bit. So um, I mentioned Gretchen Rubin earlier, but she's um, an author and also a podcaster who has developed, she had wrote a book called The Four Tendencies. So it's this framework of four different tendencies of people and they differ based on how they respond to expectation. So she says like internal expectation might be like a new year's resolution Whereas external expectation could be like a work deadline or something your partner wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are these four types, which are upholder, obliger, questioner, and rebel. And so upholders, they'll uphold both internal and external expectations. So you give them something to do, no problem, checkbox, they'll do it. Don't even have to ask them again. Um, anything they want to do, like adopting a new habit, done. No problem. Obligers, These are the people most of us hate. They, <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> or aspire to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you just, you just make up your mind and you just do it. Right. How is that possible? Um, and then you've got the obligers. So for them, it's, it's hard for them to accomplish something unless they know they have accountability. So they'll do the things that are external expectation, but it's hard for them to stick to internal expectation. Then there's the questioner type, which like John uh, they will do something if essentially what they're doing is turning it into ex- internal expectation. If they go, yep, that makes sense with my logic and the way I see the world. And if it doesn't make sense, then they're like, well, that's silly. You know, that, that doesn't make sense. So that is external. Right. Even if it's a rule or if somebody in authority says you have to do this thing, if it doesn't make sense, I'm not going to do it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is the rebel type. So rebels, which is what I am, um, resist internal and external expectations. So you can tell rebels if you say, I, you know, you can't do that, or I bet you couldn't do X, the rebel will say, watch me. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have, um, you know, one thing I always say is that it's best to just assume that everybody is a rebel and right. then you'll always do. It's I a think, safe just, assumption. It's yeah. a safe assumption. So I think that in doing that, you, you always have to make the rebel think that it's their idea. They have to come to that conclusion on their own. So one exercise that I think is really useful that I heard about, um, uh, the, have you heard the, you've seen the playing with fire documentary? Um, I haven't watched it. No. Okay. So, well, anyway, in that, when the husband, um, in that documentary is bringing up to the wife, uh, what he had her do was make a list of the 10 things that make you happiest. And so it was like, you know, spending time with my baby, like spending time with my husband, hearing my baby laugh, you know, a glass of wine, chocolate, whatever. And the, then the approach became, okay, how can we get more of these things that make us the happiest in our life? And so viewing it that way, how can we get more of what we already want instead of where should we, where should we cut money? You know, where should we cut expenses? It's about, okay. Let's figure out how to strategize to get more of the things that we want. So like for us, that was freedom, fulfillment, being close to family, being able to work from home. Mm -hmm. And so we've made a lot of sacrifices and a lot of decisions for us to get more of those things that we want. So I'd say if you approach your partner, propose that exercise, say like, look, let's both take a piece of paper. We'll go away. We'll write down the 10 things that bring us the most joy. And then we'll come together and compare our lists. And I love that. Yeah, that, really that, like that that's what they did in Playing With Fire, or mm-hmm. that's what they talked about in the, the book um, that they wrote. And I really like that because, because when you approach things from what do you want, how do you get more of the things that you want, it's something that you're running towards, not mm-hmm. something that you're running away from. Right. And it just seems more like a world of possibility and there's room for creativity and figuring out how do we do this rather than, okay, we have to cut more money. I guess we're really, you know, we really need to cut out spending here. Yeah. Like that's not motivating. Or no. And it's not sustainable. Exactly. Cause what right. will happen inevitably is if both partners are not fully, you know, in it, one partner who doesn't really want to do it, will do it for a while to a certain extent to make the other partner happy. But the whole mm-hmm. time, it'll be a sacrifice, and it'll be something they're doing for the other person, which I right. think resentment and resistance, and it's just not a recipe for a happy mm-hmm. marriage or getting out of debt or building financial independence. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd say, yeah, the first thing is that list of of the ten, you know, the ten things that make you the most happy. The second thing I would say is is um, figuring out of those four tendencies mm-hmm. which your partner is. You might already have a good idea of what they are. But Gretchen Rubin does have a quiz on her website, um, in, which is free. You can find out which one you are. But if you know what type they are, then you can um, you can persuade them in a way that fits their type, and you can also help build systems that will work for both of you with but with what your types are. So for John, he was persuaded by the logic of the Dave Ramsey baby steps. For another questioner. Um, like John, maybe looking at the math of, okay, look, if we push hard, we could get all of this paid off in this amount of time. And then we'd have more freedom to do X, Y, and Z. You know, if it's a rebel, it's the, what do you want more of? Like, how can we be creative to get more freedom and 
letting you be yourself. And I think for the rebel too, adding in that, you know, an element of credit card companies or the man, you know, they want you to be in debt. Yeah. They want you to be controlled. That's how you get a rebel. These (laughs) people are trying to control you and you, you're not going to, you're not the type of person to be controlled. Are you? And it's, it's really hard. You probably can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, so with the obliger, it's a matter of accountability. So, um, you know, building in those systems of maybe it's our, like our open loops meetings mm-hmm. where once a week you're coming together and, and discussing these things, the upholders, they'll just do it. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is really good advice. Um, so do I even need to ask you what your favorite nonfiction book is? <laughs> I think oh we have gosh. a good idea. <laughs> that this book, I have probably gifted that book to people more than any other book. It really changed my life. It changed my, my, uh, how I viewed myself. It changed our marriage. It changed how we relate to our family members, to our coworkers. And we had already, I think, a good solid marriage and we have good relationships with yeah. our family, it, but it just made it even that much better and that much easier to understand why people do what they do, which probably for me as a questioner is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we love that stuff. We love yeah. like, why do people behave the way they right. do? Um, yeah, that's definitely too. one of them. Another book that's been very transformative for us is called The Power of When. And this is all about what are called chronotypes, which are your natural circadian rhythm. So your body clock. Your body clock, yeah. basically, exactly. Um, you know, we had this uh, earlier, I mentioned that Rosemary is a morning person, I'm a night person. There's actually four types that the author lays out, which are, they're named after animals. So there's a lion, which is the morning person. Early riser, Bear, go get him first thing in the yep. morning. They start you know, they start at 11 and then they quickly taper off afternoon and just crash, <laughs> which is rosemary. There's the bear and they're sort of the nine to five. They, they follow the sun. So most of about 50% of the population are bears. And this is actually how most of society is organized is around the natural biorhythms of bears. So, you know, we have work nine to five. That's the bear schedule. Third is the wolf. That's what I am. So we are really slow to get going in the morning. We tend to be up later and wake up later. Um, it's been really empowering to find out that's what I am because my whole life, I always felt frustrated that the entire world seemed to be sort of designed against this natural rhythm. And I always felt like I was lazy or there was something wrong with me because I just couldn't get up earlier and I would never be able to fall asleep early enough to get up early. So same um, here. I worked night shift. <laughs> There you go. Ah, so you're probably the wolf type. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the fourth one is dolphin. And these are sort of the classic insomniac where they have a really hard time falling and staying asleep. Um, but what he lays out in the book is not only normalizing that these, these four tendencies are all normal and natural, but then also he gives you schedules that are sort of optimized for each type, which Ooh. is really, I mean, everything from, you know, when to eat, when to work, when to do creative work, when to do more admin and minutia type stuff. Um, even Workouts. When, yeah, yeah, when to do, when to exercise based on your, your natural rhythms, when to have sex based on your natural rhythms for you know, optimal enjoyment. And then most important, I think, in terms of a relationship is if you are a different type from your partner, figuring out sort of the, the, the best compromise time for things based on both of you. So you know, obviously with Rosemary and I, we're kind of opposite ends of the, the spectrum here in terms of time but we figured out a rhythm that, that works for both of us where we can still, you know, have a happy, healthy marriage and still see each other sometimes, <laughs> you know, 
not not want to you know bite each other's heads off. Yeah, so. that's awesome. I'll have to check that one out. Uh, so, do you have any last words of wisdom? You've given us lots to think about today. I think one thing that uh, that that I always say um, that about you know why it's worth spending money on getting food that's of a higher quality. It's you can choose to pay the farmer now or you can pay the doctor later. Mm -hmm. And that's really up mm -hmm. to you. And for us, we have just found that it's worth it to spend a little bit more money um, on higher quality food and know that we're taking care of ourselves so that when we do get to a point where we can retire, we're, uh, we can enjoy it. We can enjoy it right. fully. Yeah, so, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, we do kind of see food and nutrition and health in general is an investment in your most important asset, which is you. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that will optimize their finances, their, their financial assets, and they'll have a great portfolio, but they don't have the health to fully enjoy it. Uh, I remember when I was living and working in Taiwan years ago, uh, one of the guys that I was teaching, he, very wealthy guy, and he had this great quote, which is he said, health is a one and wealth are zeros. And if you have all these zeros, but you don't have the one in front, it's meaningless. Wow. It's worthless. And that's always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. That's, I, yeah. Yeah, I think just, I'm gonna add one other word of wisdom <laughs> that I really, really like. And that is that um, sort of going along with what we were saying about the sleep chronotypes and the four tendencies is that we can't ascribe morality to biology. Yes. So if you are that night owl type, you know, that's the way your body is, is designed yeah, to run for you. Broken. You're not broken. Yeah. You're not a lazy or bad person. Right. Similarly, um, you know, with the, with whatever tendency you are, if it's rebel or, or mm. bunch or whatever, like, you know, I'm not a, I used to just have this belief that like, I'm a difficult person. I seem to be like dissatisfied in a cubicle job. Like what's wrong right. with me? Other people seem to be okay with this. And I was oh, I'm just a rebel. So, um, I think, helping to understand yourself. Yeah. Know thyself. Yeah. Knowing yourself, knowing these concepts, it helps you remove that morality from your own biology mm -hmm. and understand, Oh, this is just the way I'm wired. So now I can make allowances and make changes in my life to, um, you know, allow that part of me to flourish. Definitely. That's great. Now, where can people find you? Yeah. So we're on Instagram at flourish fundamentals. Our website is flourishfundamentals.com. Um, and we have a weekly newsletter, so we're Flourish always Friday. Flourish Friday. So, um, if you sign up for to, alliteration, <laughs> if you sign up to the <laughs> newsletter on our website, we send out recipes and, um, teach you about the stuff that you need to do to take care of yourself for optimal wellness. And then actually I'm currently writing my third book right now. Um, I'm writing a book that's all about kind of seasonal mood changes. I've always Ooh. had a really hard time in the fall and winter. And now that that's rolling around again, um, I decided to kind of take all this knowledge and research that I've done over the past year and some things that I've implemented to help myself with that, and sort of putting that into a book to help other people that struggle with the same thing. That's oh, Happy awesome. in Winter. Yeah, it's going to be called Happy in Winter. Oh, awesome. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. I will send you a copy. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, you guys, so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, fun. Ashley. Thank you. 
Thank you so much to Rosemary and John for being with us today. And don't forget to go grab your free meal planning sheet along with shopping list at budgetsmadeeasy.com slash meal plan and you can get it for free. I will see you guys in the next episode.